Escaping Denver, Episode 8, The Passing, Part 2. I know, two episodes in the same day. A little unorthodox for us, so please don't get used to it. There were just a few factors motivating this, and namely, that factor was Andre Perez. If you remember, he dropped his name on us. Full name. Now, I thought this would be enough to maybe narrow down who he is. Find his family and friends. Let them know where he's at. Maybe even get them involved in the search. Instead, I found that Andre Perez is a fairly common name. And knowing literally nothing else about him, the research I was hoping to do hit a bit of a wall. So we're back. We're going to hear what else Andre has to say and see if we can glean anything from that. So what can we assume about Andre Perez? Well, so far he speaks Spanish, so there's a good shot at him being Spanish or Hispanic. Except that covers a lot of the globe. As far as we know, Noah and Sarah aren't, but we obviously don't know that for certain. But I'm thinking Spanish isn't the thing that connects them. But there has to be something. Do you think they're all about the same age? I bet my next paycheck that they all graduated high school around the same time. You'd want your test subjects to be all, all the same age, right? Like a, like a constant variable or something. I just wish I knew what that age was. Although I don't know what I'd do with that information. Maybe it's just me, but there's something almost quaint about Noah and Sarah's experience compared to Andre's. I mean, he started off by having to witness his cell neighbor get devoured by a chupacabra, and then, then he had to kill one. He's been alone the whole time, aside from a terrified guy who ran towards the fan. And can we talk about him for a second? That guy's for sure the body that Noah and Sarah found by the huge fan. It it has to be. There's not two giant fans. And what happened to his pair? Is there still another captive running around the maze? Now, I don't know what else Andre has seen or done, but he is one badass individual. And I can't imagine there are any easy ways to survive this maze this long, so... I'm sure he's taking the hard road. When we left off on him, he was in the middle of a gunfight, bleeding out from a bullet to the stomach, and still telling his story. We'll jump back into Andre's story after this. How many bullets you got over there? Tengo suficiente para ti, cabrón! Okay. I just had to take care of another soldier. Where were we? Right. So I got into this secret staircase and I didn't know whether to go up or down. It depended on where I was at, so I chose up. Purely a guess, but it felt right. I went up as far as I could Five floors The stairs went eight floors up But the top three doors were locked So that left me with lucky number five I entered into a giant room Empty save for the hundred pillars That were scattered around Supporting the vaulted roof 
like an enclosed concrete forest. It felt naked, like it desperately needed walls. At the far end was an old banker's desk, and sitting at it was a man with a mustache, El Bigoton. I called out to him, El Bigotes! But got nothing. I was rationally scared of him, but I needed answers, so I approached slowly. Then I saw something. Not something visible to the naked eye, but like heat waves. There was like a... Heat waves is the best I can do. It was like looking through a wall of heat waves. I reached out to touch it, and it was like fire shot through my body. I could swear I was going to pass out from the pain. The pillars themselves made up a maze of invisible walls. Why? I don't know, but I couldn't turn back. The door was locked. El Bigotón, the mustached man, took notes while I began to navigate the invisible maze. I think at the beginning he thought I was getting lucky, picking paths without pain. But he soon realized that I could somehow see the walls. His smug face turned to fear, which I relished as I closed in on him. Still, he wouldn't answer my questions. He wouldn't say anything. Not to me, anyways. When I got close, he called out for help. For them to open the door even went as far as to pound on the walls. That was the only piece of information I ever got out of him. That there was another hidden door on the wall behind him. After I was done with him, I went to work on the door. They, whoever they are, knew I was in there. Whatever level this was in their game they're playing, they knew I was there. And I was pissed. I was able to gain a little purchase and outmuscled the door mechanism, lifting it up. Sorry, got lightheaded. This place, this place would blow your mind. If I didn't spend my entire time here fighting for my life, I could have appreciated how impressive it all is. Every time I open the door, I half expect to find a jungle or something or Kelechingala. Like that Charlie with the chocolate factory. But take away all the fun. And instead of Oompa Loompas, you get unholy beasts. 
<laughs> I wouldn't worry about your friend. She seems smart. If she heard the gunfire, she'll hide. While she figures shit out, she'll hide. That's the move. After I killed El Bigotón, the mustache guy, I got through the door into a little observation room. Filled with screens of previous rooms, even the desk area. They would have seen everything, and that's it. The next door was locked. I couldn't get out. I was trapped in this little, unimpressive space. They had a mini-fridge, for God's sake. It was so mundane. Like the behind-the-scenes. I ate what I found in there. I was starving. And then eventually I fell asleep. So in a daze, they dragged me out and down the hall. It felt like... Like I was sleepwalking or something. Half with it. I couldn't do anything. It was like I was drugged. I mostly stared at the ground while my brain tried to catch up with what was happening. But oh... But I remember black tiles with tiny specks of blue. Tile after tile. We passed impossibly large side rooms. Heard creatures. Well, noises. But it sounded... It sounded like creatures. I tried to look up but could barely move my head. I have these, like, big images of giant glass tanks and blinking lights, tubes. I don't know what these guys are about, but I'm thinking they're growing monsters down here. Down here. Before this, all five days ago, I worked in wind, assessing the value of land used to build those big windmills. Wind adjacent, really. But I wish I had done something with my hands. Served five years, and I promised myself I'd use my hands to create something instead. Learn to paint. Stain some glass, but life, bills, fear. I did something else. 
What is there else to say about Andres? I'm not married. No chamaquitos, no kids. I like Pearl Jam way more than I should, especially as I've never seen them live. <laughs> I actually hate spicy food, so down with that stereotype. I like flowers, but don't know the name of any of them. Why didn't I learn their names? I don't know, but I should have. I'm not one for reality TV, so I don't know the names of the new Bachelor or the rules of the newest dating game, but I'll do reruns of Frasier all day. I rent a garage so I could work on my bike, but I'll mostly use it to take apart my RC cars. I'm not scared of dying. It's almost a relief. I am confused, though. Why me? Why your friend? It'd be nice to go knowing that. I'm not so sure I'm going to see your friend again. So tell her for trying. Gracias. dead. I shouldn't have left him for so long. When I heard the shooting, I stayed hidden. I know it was the cowards. <gasps> Shit. Huge fucking understatement. Get down on the ground. I just got here. Bullshit. Three dead at the doorway, another inside? Doesn't take a genius. Please. Give me your gun. <gasps> I just... And he's dead. I just threw him across the room. 30 feet. I just threw him. What the fuck did they do to me? I don't really know what to say. Andre seemed like... I just wish we got to meet him outside the maze. Under different circumstances. The guy freed Sarah, so he'll definitely be remembered as a hero to me. And hopefully by you. To Andre. <clears throat> now, Sarah. 
across the room. She threw an adult male across the room. Not only that, she threw him hard enough that he didn't get back up. Senior year of high school, I get hit by a truck when I cross the road on my bike without looking. Broke my leg, a few ribs, even my right arm. Missed enough school to have to make it up in the summer. And that was a truck hitting me. How hard did she throw him that he potentially died? So we have Noah with his healing, Andre with his sight, and Sarah with her super strength. They're testing on them, but to what end, I really don't know. For something so incredibly organized, it's mostly just felt like chaos. But maybe that's the point. Bees look like chaos too from the outside, but they still manage to make honey. Maybe, maybe it's just outside of my capabilities to see the big picture, to understand it all. But if you have an idea, please shoot me an email to escapingdenverpod at gmail.com or join the discussion on Reddit with r slash escapingdenver. I could really use the help. Thank you to Curious Cast. I could not get these messages out without your support. And come back in a couple of weeks for another episode of Escaping Denver. <laughs>